Hello, legends, and welcome to today's show. Catching up with Cub, as always, is brought to you by Cub, the Club of United Business, Australia's number one members club, connecting our country's top entrepreneurs and business leaders. At Cub, we say we're your business family because that's exactly what it's like. Today, I'm catching up with a family member of my own, one of my great friends. We're not related, but he's been with me since the very start of Cub. He's one of my great friends. He is Blake McCullough, the founder and CEO of GMS, Growth Marketing Systems, a direct response advertising agency that is now one of the leading advertising agencies in the country, having recently been uh, voted in the top 10 agencies Australia-wide by Yahoo Finance. Blake and GMS have done uh, all of Cubs, really. They helped us grow from small to to big where we are now. And uh, a lot of I have a lot of gratitude for, for all of the effort and the involvement Blake has had. We had a wicked conversation. We are great friends, so we had a laugh, but there's so much incredible knowledge, uh, specifically on how to market, how to find your niche, how to be remembered, how to be identified. It was a fantastic conversation. I know you're going to love this one. I love doing it. So enjoy the show. And we are live. Welcome to the show, Blake. Good to be here. (laughs) How are you, man? I'm doing very well. I'm very excited to have you here representing your awesome kick-ass um, digital marketing firm at GMS. I know you've been getting a lot of recognition in uh, the media and in a lot of um, mm. by a lot of big organisations lately. Um, do you want to tell us a bit? Yeah, uh, yeah. We, um, I mean, I guess like being in a climate in 2020, a lot of lots of turmoil going on in the economy. Um, we're recently rated as one of the top uh, 10 agencies uh, within marketing for 2020 by Yahoo Finance. So yeah, it's really good to get recognized. Uh, posting a record month last month in June um, gives us a lot of confidence as a small business, um, you know, in a space that is, I guess, booming right now mm-hmm. you know, in digital marketing and advertising. I think uh, whole COVID has forced people to, to sort of do business online now. And luckily we're at the forefront of what we're doing. Yeah, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And also it's pretty cool to be recognized by a, like an institution like Yahoo. Yeah, um, they're still around. Yeah, 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 it's pretty cool. Um, and and I mean, you've come such a a long way because we 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 pretty much started our businesses together. You you joined yeah. Cub in the first uh, twelve months of its life. I think you joined at the start of two thousand sixteen. Yeah, that's right. And um, and so we've really grown together in business. So it's really cool to see. Yeah. I guess you know, we, when you started, it was just yourself, and and yeah. um, yeah, you were just mentioning to me before that now you guys are. Uh, an A-list partner with Facebook. Yeah, TA, yeah. So we're uh, – because we, we, we sort of started off just doing Facebook advertising for businesses. Um, and, yeah, today we sort of manage around $10 million a year uh, just on Facebook and Instagram, uh, which gives us, I guess, high-level agency support at Facebook. And, yeah, we've been recognised this year as a, as a tier A um, agency. So they're sort of like um, prioritising us a lot given and the amount of spend that we, we manage in you, Australia. Why don't you educate the – Listeners as well, yeah. more on you. You originally mm. were just a Facebook ad agency specialist. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to just, I guess, talk us through kind of how the company's evolved and where it's been now and why yeah, it evolved? Totally. I mean, like, yeah, we've just just published this book as well, um, Instant Leads and Traffic, which is basically all our findings that we've, I guess, learnt over the past few years. And myself being in marketing for ten years, um, we we 
I did start out just doing Facebook advertising, was consulting, and that's how I came about Cub as well. I had my first client, um, Jeff Jowett, who was um, you know ex-founder of Vision PT and Body Trim, and yeah. it was, he was um, a member. It was a member yeah. at the time, yeah. And he goes, "You got to check out this space. You know, it's run by a young guy. It's a cool environment. Um, get around." It. And I was just sort of freelancing with a prior consulting firm, and um, you know, I think uh, saw Cub and, and sort of saw the potential of of how I can sort of pivot um, the business. And mm. obviously that year in 2016 was part-time with another company um, sort of transitioning to full-time and went full-time with it 2017, used Cub in the first year as sort of the office. And yeah, I only had myself and a good friend, uh, Simon, who's my business partner at the time. Um, and yeah, we're just doing Facebook ads because at the time it was one of those things that was a bit more untapped. People didn't really see the value in it yet. There was a lot of um, real estate online that you could purchase for a cheap cost. So. I guess coming from a traditional media um, background in TV advertising, then I went into digital marketing um, and within digital marketing found that Facebook ads was sort of one of the most cost-effective um, and, and quickest way for a small business to, to grow and get out there, mm. particularly when they don't know about you. You know, mm. the way that I feel digital marketing, the, the best way to sort of think of it is that on Google, people are searching for a business, right? On Facebook or any social platform, they're not search. You know, you, you, you have to search for your customer. They're not searching for you. So you have to steal their attention away. But if you can create thought-provoking um, content and, and ads in uh, sort of a, a more – um, emotional way to, to trigger that response, then it works very well. And, you know, as obviously the, the work we're doing for Cub in initial, I was just getting about all the leads, you know, that, like yeah, we, we, we had marketing, yeah. we had, we had, you, well, you guys were our first. Uh, I remember you were like, nah, we're not doing in marketing. <laughs> and then as soon as we turned the tap on, you're like, more leads, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn it up, make um, it rain. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, Facebook ads is still today uh, one of our core focuses, but we've expanded into lots of different ad advertising platforms. So any platform that we can buy media from online. But I think, what's important a lesson there is you don't need to go into a business all guns blazing no. right? you don't need to go in and just offer absolutely everything yeah you know you go in and offer your niche something you specialize in yeah um and and, and there needs to be an element of focus as well because mm. for example we uh i told I was telling you before i had about 12 members here in in my apartment yesterday yeah doing a uh, like a, a think tank mm session on cup on actually designing it more we're, we're all in it together we're all trying to build the best uh, the best community possible to accomplish yeah. australian entrepreneurs and so mm. we're designing the things that uh, we should be focusing on as a club and blah, blah. Mm. and the one thing that they all said which is i, I already I already knew but <laughs> one thing they all said was reaffirmed cut, yeah it's the relationship building yes that's what we focus yeah. on and and yeah. for yeah. cub like our niche, I guess. There's, yeah. there's other groups out there who focus on structured networking yeah. and referral yeah. things and yeah. and yeah. advisory for each other and all this yeah. great stuff, but boring stuff as yeah. well. Cub is all about the valuable relationship between the accomplished entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. And and that's our niche. That's our yeah. focus. That's where you start. And then that's not to say in the future, mm. you know, we might have uh, business awards. We may have media mm. products. We may have digital products. Uh, mm. uh, Apps and we've got Cub Capital just started, which is mm. the the fund for members. And mm. uh, you know, that's not to say we can do that, but mm. I think every business needs to say, okay, what's the real core focus? Mm. Grow from that, like you did, mm. and then okay, well, we can handle. We've got resource to handle yeah. more. It's so more true. Things, yeah. Like I think you guys have done so well in the market because there is that niche. You've got a bit of a multifaceted approach with the clubhouse, the networking, the social environment. And I've used it so differently from when I started in 2016 to what I do today. And marketing is very similar. As you said, you, you, you don't want to engage an agency or even internally 
um, with your own staff or marketing team, try and do everything because you can do a lot with marketing. Digital marketing is almost business these days. And a good way to look at it, and um, uh, a guy who I do a lot of work with who is a sales copywriter, um, he said that marketing is almost like a construction site. It's splintered. There's lots of different departments to to erect a, a building, yeah, right? Really. Um, whether it's you know plumbing and carpentry and electricians, and, and digital marketing is almost the same. You know, you've got SEO, you've got you've got web development, you've got content, you've Facebook, got Facebook social. advertising, Google advertising, um, you know, content production, videos, photos. The list goes on. So rather than trying to build a multi-scale um, agency that does everything for everybody. Um, you know, there's no niche in that. Very hard to get ahead. And sure, there's big agencies out there that do everything and they do it well. Um, mm. But they've got, you know, a team of 100. Mm. Um, and as a small business, I think the, the way to sort of cut through the clutter in such a saturated environment is to have that niche. So we purely just focus on um, revenue generating activities online. So every dollar that a client puts in um, on our channels that we manage for them, um, you know, we're looking to get at least two or three times more and some some clients are getting 20 times more. So well, it's, a, we, it's a revenue we, source. I can't remember what ours was, but we used Yeah, to, you guys were getting like 10 times yeah, return more, when we did the numbers. More, yeah, definitely. More. But, but the, the industry as a whole, as you know, uh, digital marketing has a wait list at the moment. It, a cub. Yeah. And part of the reason is, I, I mean, I feel the industry as a whole has gotten to the point where there's been so many new entrants because it yeah. was a cheap way to get in. Yeah. It was a cheap entrance. Barrier of entry. So yeah, easy. really low yeah. barrier of entry. Yeah. But also uh, a lot of the people were young, tech-knowing uh, guys who, um, who you know, want to start their own business. Digital marketing is an easy way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't really need anything. And it costs I can get zero dollars. Client. Exactly yeah. right. It's a yeah. real low barrier of entrance. Yeah. And um, so, and I've, I've worked with, um, uh, I've worked with uh, small, um, mm. I guess, marketing firms. Mm. I've mm. worked with medium-sized ones, mm. in, uh, yourself actually, mm -hmm. who I'm talking about. Yeah. And I've worked with, as you know, the big, the, the yeah, biggest, like, biggest companies. Yeah, yeah. And um, which actually was a mistake. Yeah. And I found, I actually found that, well, the small, small, small ones for us were obviously just yeah. a bit too small. They didn't yeah. have the capabilities. Yeah, yeah. The big ones, nah, they don't really give a fuck. You don't know who you're yeah. talking to. There's yeah. so many people. It, like, it's just nothing happened. It's cookie cutter approach. Yeah. And, and I think the best, um, the best digital marketing agencies are the boutique agencies of whom understand exactly who their client is. Yes. So they, they, yeah. They, mm. They've got a niche. Your mm. niche was always Facebook. I mean, if you ask most of the members mm. in Cub, mm. they all know you as king of Facebook ads. Yeah. That's where I go. So you've, yeah. you've got that. Yeah. You've got that title, the Brad the, Pitt the, of the Facebook, Facebook guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're Facebook guy. Brad but, you, good. but people know, but people know, okay, like it's, you need to be known for something. Yeah, build, yeah, and yeah. then you build yeah. around that thing. And I yeah. think that's what you did so well. And that's why mm. a lot of other digital marketing agencies didn't, uh, I guess excel like you did, yeah. Because who the fuck? They were just the same as every other digital marketing agency. Yeah, that's and so true. That applies yeah. to any industry, right? Yeah, like, I mean, if you're I'm, just the same as everyone else. Well, who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. And then you can't you can't compete with the big players, you yeah. know. And as you say, there's there's probably hundreds of agencies popping up, but at the end of the day, you know, they're just freelancers. You can whack a website together and call yourself an agency, register it, and market yourself online for next to nothing. Um, and you know, I think. There's pros and cons to that. The cons, obviously, it's hard for customers and businesses to pick the right partner. They end up getting burned. The pro, if you are really good in what you do and you've got the credibility, then people will stay with you because they know how hard it is to find the right agency. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of people coming from the big players that do what we do. Um, and they, they've been burned. I'll and tell, they come you, I'll tell you where the burn comes from. Yeah, I've, I've been through it and I ended up going back to you also yeah. was 
it's the trust because yeah. like I can talk yeah. as, a, as a business owner, you know, you hand over your marketing to this digital, um, uh, this digital company or agency yeah. and your fear really is, well, I don't really know what's going on. Mm. I don't really know no what they're doing. Yeah, there's no, you don't yeah. know, is it being optimized? Is <laughs> it, is, and the bigger the company gets, the, the less probably likely it's happening. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But when it's with someone you you trust, you know what, I guess yeah. in your case it works well because Cub, you, you've got a lot of relationships, people, they trust you. Yeah, they, yeah. They, know you do, they know the work you do and you yeah. do it for everyone so they, they all know that. But, yeah, yeah. but in marketing, I feel yeah. like if I was in digital marketing, creating that trust factor. Yeah. Would probably be one of the most important things. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, trust is massive, too. and um, I think it's like even with who we work with as a client, we don't we don't bring on everybody. We turn away most applications that come through. Mm. Um, we've only worked within four industries. So number one's coaching, uh, the education space. So we work with the likes of Dr. John Demartini. We just did Jordan Belfort's tour. Um, sold two thousand tickets across Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, we're working with a promotion agency that's bringing out Gary V, Robert Kurosaki, mm-hmm. um, Tracy Moore. There, there's lots of stuff coming through. And um, I think like – and then the second one would be e-commerce. That, that's been booming right now due to COVID. Um, third one would be uh, finance and the fourth health and fitness. So we don't try and bring on every single industry and every single type of business. And the, type, the, the, the common thread between those industries is that we help people break through that growth stage in business because I think the growth stage is the hardest part that people get stuck in as a small business, right? Mm. Or even medium size. Um, so being able to have a system that's automated to generate mm. leads or sales online that we can scale is how people get the value from Yeah, you kind of us, got right? us from that growth stage to having a CMO. Yes. And that's where we that's obviously it. we got to. Yeah. But but you play, played an inter- integral part. And, and I feel like that's almost how a digital marketing agencies should look at the client. Well, I'm here yeah. to get them from – they're currently on – uh, B, I want to mm. get them to D. Yeah. And it's my goal to do that. And I, I think that's really. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's got to be a goal in mind. Yeah. And I, I also think that what you said, yeah, we only work with four specific. Mm. That That's half the battle. Yes. Is figuring out who you work for. Like who is mm. your client? Like yeah. At Cub, yeah. we love all entrepreneurs. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we can serve all. For example, when you joined the club, we didn't really know who the fuck we were. We yeah. were bringing on big business, yeah. not really business yet. Yeah, I wouldn't Small be a fit if that was you me would, now. Yeah, oh, you'd, you'd be, be like, yeah, nah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Got in but, early. But the point was, but the, I would argue that that's a mistake because look at how you grew in the club. Totally. The same yeah, way it's I It's been fundamental. I was even just listing when I was, you know, filling out some stuff yesterday with Simon in the office. I'm like, wow, like the amount of stuff that Cub's done for us inside and outside, mm. you know, even with – outside of my business creating a new wine label with a cub member that I was just like that. a passion project that me and my brother doing um that's and with Adele she yeah, with Adele 1813, 1813 1813 and Fantastic she's got a beautiful wines. vineyard I'm going to go up there and visit it and do some content shooting and that's getting bottled as we speak so it's called Bondi Rosé Bondi Rosé so you know when yeah, you see Bondi it. Rosé that is Blake McCullough the, <laughs> the Brad Pitt of digital marketing that's right but yeah that's I mean that's that's, right. <laughs> that's my niche right that's my point of difference I, I bet you everyone would remember that I really do <laughs> maybe I should change my agency name it's pretty cool um but yeah look that's another example of um network right strategic partnerships and network are the two most important things that um have grown our business and myself personally in my career over the the past short three years is forming those alliances realizing that you can't do everything so who can do those things that are complementary to your service to help your customers grow in your own business um and so and- so sorry to stop you there mm. so you're saying strategic partnerships that's the 
Yeah, give, so give like, um, you know, so because we just focus on advertising, if someone mm -hmm. came to us and say, hey, I want web, web development or SEO, we've got those strategic partnerships in line to be able to bring them the conversation in with that specialist versus mm -hmm. trying to go, oh, just go to an agency that does everything because they're going to end up doing a mediocre job, right? So <laughs> just like, like we do advertising, we've got Alexi Neoclis, another cover member who does copywriting. Yeah. Um, we've got Studio Hawk that does SEO. Another that's cub a member. Melbourne member, Jacob Yep, Stanley. that's right. And Good we've got um, Ucidity, another cub member that does web development that we cool. refer on to. So cool. we've created these alliances. So we, we don't lose clients if they want everything. We, we, we can but end what up What I like about that, it gets back to what we were saying. Yeah. You are a specialist. You've got your niche. You know that's my niche. I'm doing that. And Stay if someone, in our lane. I'm, yeah, people, I could grow my business, increase my costs and service these other additional services people need, but then I'm no longer an expert in those services. It's going to yep. be a lesser product and th that's why the bigger ones fall down yeah. or at least may provide a, a lesser service. That's only in my opinion. Yeah, way. no, I agree. Um, but instead you're saying, no, no, we're going to do what we know, what we're the best at, what I know, what I'm the best at. And then for the additional services people need, mm. we're going to have the best possible partners yep. that I know I trust personally. Yep. I've seen their work. They're amazing. And I trust they're going to give my client the best thing. And I think that's, that's a it. fantastic way to do yep. business. Absolutely. I think it's the only way when you're starting out for mm. sure. But you're right. Like we could bring on a web developer, an SEO specialist, um, you know, copywriters, but our overheads are going to go through the roof. Yeah, your cost is going to go up. And you know that's the that's a really good way and to. And your expertise would decrease. Totally. So we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna like water down our offering, and our overheads are going to go through the roof. And it's just not a position I want to be in. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's a that's cool. That's a really cool way to yeah. to, to think about. And what about the networking you mentioned? Yeah, networking is huge. I mean, like I, we've got an office now. Um, we're we're in that Laporte space, um, beautiful suite. Um, but we still come into Cub as much as possible. Um, and the networking that I get out of it has been fundamental. And I think you guys, aside from Cub, they're just networking. Yeah, in network, general. Okay, networking generally. Cub's well, the I've, best I've been, networking. <laughs> but just in well, general. that I guess that's actually started the whole, I guess, purpose and importance of how uh, how important networking is, right? But yeah, since since obviously starting the business, I've done. Um, public talks, public speaking with some other uh, clients and mm -hmm. again, strategic partners um, around what we do. Um, I've talked um, on stage in, in Queensland, in Sydney, in Melbourne, even in London. Uh, first I went to Europe. I remember and, that. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, the, the fact of just being able to get out there and um, approach these networks that um, your customers could be in is, is super important Let's too. talk about that. Let's talk about that. How, because... I mean, we're talking about specializing niche. You're talking about speaking and having that recognition. We start yeah, the conversation. credibility. How do you build that credibility around, um, yeah, around yourself? How, how do you build that? Well, I, th I think reputation. Uh, how did you get on those stages? Public speaking was something that I vowed, vouched that I'd never do. And fuck, it's scary the first time yeah. you get on stage and talk to even twenty or thirty people. It it's very, very, really scary. And I, I remember uh, one of our first clients we had back in 2016. He was hosting this workshop, and it was for fitness entrepreneurs. And he said to me, do you want to do a segment just around what you're doing for us around Facebook advertising? Because we get a lot of clients, particularly in the coaching space, that will just bring us on as like their referral partner because they're educating, you know, around business or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so we naturally get invited or get referred um, to their database. But public speaking, once once I did the first one and sort of got it out of the way, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest talk. I used, my legs used to <laughs> shake. Yeah, I used to get really That's nervous. It. And I used to work for a, a, a seminar company back in the day and that's how I learned marketing. Um, and we we did, you know, 200 plus events a year and I was managing all the, the marketing for those events. And I remember going to those and just going, wow, I'm never gonna do this. Like it just turned me off it because mm. um, a lot of the, there was a lot of unauthentic, um, I guess, talks going on. And uh, I think today the, the climate's been uh, cleaned up a lot, but 
I think, yeah, since I th- breaking through that whole stigma um, mm. and actually getting on stage and, and then actually ending up liking it has been fundamental. And, and now that I know that I can get on stage and talk to groups of people, I can do this, I can get on um, a video and, and promote myself. And I think if you're running an agency, if you can't back yourself, no one can. Yeah. Um, and having having the ability to be able to educate your space is super important. I mean, look at Gary Vee, right, as a, as a, mm. as a general Example. rule. That's all he's doing is just getting up and talking to camera and videos and promoting himself and he's, yeah. he's killing it. Um, and, and I think that's the, one of the, the main ways to there's, grow a business. There's a company that actually does it. They used to be a member, he's not anymore. I think he was a member in the first year. Mm. I still have a lot of respect for him. His name's Glenn Carlson. Do you remember that guy? I know the name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he owns that company called Key Person of Influence. Yes, I, I think I know that's that. what they, yeah, that's that's what they do. Yeah. They actually yeah. train you to be the person of influence in yeah. like whatever your field is. Yeah. And I know that's a really good course. There's a lot of other bullshit courses yeah, yeah. companies out there. By mm. the way, he's not even a member. I shouldn't even be promoting this dude. <laughs> but um, hence is my dedication to yes. the success of entrepreneurs. But uh, he, he I, I've always heard really good things about that program. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially yeah. in comparison to the other bullshit-ass programs that are. Yeah. That Look, are I, I think super important for any businesses out there, big or small, um, to have that sort of coach or advisor on the business to, to, to yeah, perfect your ability to market yourself. Because at the end of the day, people are buying you. And that's what you said at the start, right? It's trust mm. building. People are buying mm. into your personality. And a personality is not something you can easily replicate. Anyone can replicate a brand. They can't replicate you. Do you think that uh, the leader's personality becomes the culture that spreads through the company? I think so, for sure. Yeah, I, I do too. Yeah, but you can also like, it's not to say that you're always pigeonholed and the bottleneck in the agency. I mean, I've now got to the point where I can delegate 80% of the operations and I'm even training up a, a new sales 100%. manager, right? So the sales are now getting done as are the marketing and the account management. So I don't need to be involved in the day-to-day anymore. Of course but I'm not. St- but I can still be the face. You, you're a, at the end of the day, people are human and you've got a character and you've got a personality. And yeah. when you're hiring people, you're probably hiring people with a similar character and personality totally. or, or, you know, you get along with them. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're probably in line with you in, in a sense. Yeah. Not any sort of discrimination or anything like that for those bullshit ass people who start crying that I'm not talking about that I'm just saying as human yeah. beings you tend to flock to the people that are most similar yes, to yourself totally um, yeah they're, they're sort of on your same vision your and your same and values exactly right? and yeah. same ambitions and yeah and so uh, I mean I think to a large extent if you can look at the owner of a business or mm. at least the leader so the CEO of the business mm. you can almost guess the attitude and culture of the rest of the team yeah yeah because they probably they, they all talk together every day they, they, they were employed by that person they, yeah. they're on that same thing so i mean being the best leader possible and having you know the best ethics and the best mm. leadership skills and the best whatever is probably one of the most important things you could do as a business owner because the rest of your business yeah. is going to follow yeah and they're, they're buying into you right sorry into, mm. I forgot why i was talking about that but to tie that into what you were saying <laughs> yeah it was well if you are a person of influence and people do trust what you're saying. Yeah. Or if they can see, wow, I like that guy. He's the rest of his company or her company is going to be like she is. Yes. So I'm going to go with that company. Yep. That's right. As opposed yeah. to a big faceless organization. I think like credibility and authenticity in today's market, because there is a lot of cowboys out there, right? Mm. Um, in, in any space, it's not just within marketing. All spaces. Um, you know, like we've been so careful to not burn bridges to, to ensure that the clients we're bringing on, we know that we can get results for, mm-hmm. turn away those that we can't. 
um, be as honest as possible because at the end of the day, people will research you. They'll research your social media profiles. They'll go on Google and have a look at your reviews. And if you've got more bad reviews than not or even no reviews, they're not going to trust your business, right? So I think like the credibility building is always something that I've kept at heart. And I think like um, now that we've got a quality product, we're able to now scale versus I think if I had just invested in sales, not knowing my customer, um, not really knowing our service very well, um, sure, we probably would have grown a lot faster, but we might have burned too many bridges along the way. And who knows, we might not be here. On, do online reviews make a big difference to digital marketing? Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, they do, don't they? Yeah, and how absolutely. many people do you think – so Cub doesn't have it and, and we should. We actually yeah. spoke about it in our quarterly meeting two weeks ago. Yeah. But systemizing, asking people – to, or giving them the option to leave yeah. reviews on Google yeah. and Facebook, That's your right. clients. Yeah, we, we again don't do it enough. We've probably only got a handful on Google at yeah. 10, but you know, you, you've got to have some. <laughs> we, we only do it when, so we've probably had two bad um, reviews in our entire Cub existence and both of them were members we removed because they weren't suitable to the they just got upset that you kicked them They got out. upset. They left bad reviews. <laughs> yeah. And then I went and emailed 30 members, hey, yeah. listen, can you help us out? Just get, put your feedback on the things yeah, and drown yeah, yeah. out this Muppet. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. Um, And uh, that's how we put <laughs> But really – that, That's how you get – that's how you, you you remove those bad reviews. Yeah, exactly you that. drown them out with the yep. real view of that's people, it. the positive 100%. reviews. Yeah. And, um, and because people only would leave reviews on extreme. So you're only going to leave a review if you're really angry. Correct. Very rarely would you leave a review when you're really happy. There's yeah. a lot of companies in this world I'm really happy about that I haven't yeah. reviewed. You have to systemize it. And I think it like- It has to be asked. It has, yes. it has to be asked. Yeah. Or at least like there's there's platforms out there where you can um, automate an email to your customers once they purchase from you to leave a review. So that's how- you know, products are super important to leave reviews because people are buying something without the human element, right? So they need to know that that product is authentic and that it is actually a quality product, right? Mm. So that's super important. But for services, yeah, I think like if you're dealing with clients like yourself and, and with me, um, we, we do like a after 90 days health check and we send a survey out, ask if they're happy or not, what other services do they want? Um, we get their NPS score and we also ask for a survey if they've got a high um, rating. What's NPS? Um, That's when it's a net pr promoter score, essentially. Yeah. So if someone's. I, I got, what do they rate you out of? Is it's out of special 10. system. Oh, it's yeah, just out it's of just 10. A, yeah. There's different ways you can measure it, but it's basically like how how likely would you refer? And if they're above eight else? or something. Yeah, it's sort of above eight. So if you've got a raving fan, why wouldn't you ask for a testimony? Mm. Get a video testimony, even better. You can mm. use that for your for advertising. You can put that on your website. Um, people will then you can send that link and embed it onto your signature. So, it's but you like, need to create the system. Yeah. You need to systemize getting that from as many people as possible. Correct. Otherwise, you're just going to be ad hoc yeah, asking like, people. Well, what, along I, the well, way. what I do, what we do, what Team <laughs> yeah. Club does. Yeah, now. you guys could yeah. totally ramp up. Oh, we can easily do it. Yeah, I reckon easily. we could have hundreds of people just yeah. 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 leaving good reviews. 100%. Yeah, yeah, you just send a survey out. And for those that have, have, have submitted a positive response, um, then you ask for a review. For those who haven't, then you go through the process of understanding why they're, they're not happy. And It's also a good you know, way, if you, if you put that system in place, it's also a good way to find out, oh, no, these people aren't happy. Let's give them a call and let's fix that. Why are they Absolutely. not happy? Absolutely. You know I mean? It prevents that's, churn. That's almost more important. Yeah, it's, it's, mm. it's actually asking the question before it becomes an issue to the point where you lose that yeah. person in and your sometimes, sometimes people aren't happy for stupid reasons. Oh, like yeah. It's got nothing to do with your service. They could be unhappy because they just don't feel special enough as a client. Yeah. Maybe you, you, the, you, the owner, Blake, hasn't called them in yeah. six months. Sometimes they just want to yeah. call. Hey, how are you going? You know yeah. what I mean? Have that human touch, that yep. empathy. That is 100%. the value of, of totally. small to medium and medium-sized businesses. The fact mm. that the owner can call you. Yeah.
the head of big corporations, CEOs, they're not calling the clients and asking, oh, how are you going? The, the, the value of being a, a medium and a small-sized business is that you can do that and that should never be overlooked. Yeah, you can be completely fluid, dynamic. I mean, look at what you guys have done and pivoted um, before COVID to go online with with, we a, did that well, with right? a club that's <laughs> actually a physical club into like digital overnight. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, as a small business and you're still in that growth phase, um, we, we're, we're able to get in touch with our customers to, to be able to um, – you know, be flexible and dynamic and change things quickly if it's not working and, and adapt to the market. You know what I looked up the other day? I was trying to figure out what classifies a small and medium-sized business. Mm. A medium-sized business is any business that either has over 2 million in revenue yep. or over 20 staff. So one, okay. of, one of the two. Yeah, And it, it goes up to, oh, I could be wrong on this one, but it goes up to 190, or 150 or 190 staff mm. or... 100 million in revenue, oh, something wow. like so that. I big, could have been wrong on that goes up to part, but I know the start. It's yeah. a big scope, that, mm. that medium size. Under mm. that small and then above that is obviously what they classify mm. as big business. But I looked it up the other day. I have no idea why I looked that up. I don't even yeah. know what I'm talking about it right no, now. It's, no, it's interesting. It's actually important <laughs> to understand the stage of business for you. I think so too. To, to understand mm. whether there could be a fit to cover, but mostly for us too advertising, marketing, if you don't have the right building blocks in place as a business, we get so many people. And I, I sort of look at, you know, at school, you get the the business life cycle model and it mm-hmm. sort of starts at the bottom and goes up, then it plateaus and you either innovate or you decline or yep. you stay the same. Um, we we specialize in where businesses are sort of hitting that plateau, right? They can't be an idea. They can't be an MVP. They can't be startup mm-hmm. um, unless they've got investing and they're onto something that they've got a particular niche that can be marketable. It has to be established businesses who, who are looking to, to grow further and for you as well you don't want the ideas or the mvps right because they'll probably end up um no we you know, can't not being around yeah and also you have to remember members of cub uh, like yourself members join not to so they don't join because they need to become successful mm. they join because they've already reached reached the level of accomplishment and yep. they want to meet others in the same position to then elevate each other even further yes. yeah so it, i mean not to say that Cub does make people more successful because I mean, for me and you, that's exactly what oh, it did for, for, for our first part. I think of the, from like an 80% rule, right? Majority of your the majority, yeah. and now especially, yeah, members like members want to meet other people that have that are experts in the industry, that mm. are icons in the industry, they're leaders in that field. There, mm. and did that part of having a great network. I mean, what mm. makes it special are two things it's the people that are actually in it, yeah, and then there's the culture of it, so how they treat each other, yeah, 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 and. And uh, they're the two things that we focus on as a, as a as network a, as is a your client. net worth. They yeah. say yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's so it's, true. It's, it's true. It's the so longest. It's the, it's the oldest and most proven tactic of all time yep. of of succeeding. Is yep. and but that's not, just not in business. Mm. If I want to be a biologist, I want to be the best biologist. I want to go to the best biology school in mm. all of the world and hang out with the other biologists that are going to share knowledge and do things. If I want to be the fittest dude on the field, mm. I'm going to go live at the gym with all the other fit people and the PTs and the, you yeah. know, if I want to be, whatever it is. Yeah. Back in the day, if I wanted to have the best ethics and morals, yeah. back in the day, so don't ever cry, <laughs> I go to church. You know, you go to church yeah. on Sundays, you're part of your church group and you, it, it, Cub is just the, Business church. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's it's, true. It's where people go to be, be – where you go to meet other great people in business, mm. other – and become mm. even better. Yeah, so yeah. That's all it is. And, and I think like we're not just an advertising agency, right? People buy into us for our network too. Um, 
you know, like people are going to hit me up going, hey, who's the best website developer? Who's the best at this? Who's the best at that? And, and during lockdown, um, you know, we, we changed our operations and we, we've built this whole network around marketing. We're doing weekly Q, um, Q&As and, and topic-based masterminds every Wednesday at 12 o'clock. Talk about that. What you, yeah. you started helping people when COVID hit with digital uh, courses and classes. Yeah, so we, we, we pulled our way out, you know, just as I think um, – trying to give back to people that were hurting in, in, in mostly, you know, the little local market. Um, we, we weren't expecting to, you know, grow the business when it hit. Um, you didn't we charge for it either, did yeah, you? Yeah, no, we opened it up for free for three months and we did like I think 10 topics. It was over, yeah, two, over two and a half months. And by um, it, what do you mean? So basically it's uh, it's an online um, Facebook group is where it starts. Uh, we've got a community of around 300 members in there and that's mm-hmm. just through my personal network yep. and my team's network. I opened it up. We usually only reserve that for paying clients, right? I opened that up to my personal network, anyone who has a small business, mm-hmm. um, to, to try and just, I guess, help them through this period. Um, we did weekly uh, masterminds around marketing, so different topics around whether it's advertising, SEO, we got um, – Jake on board, Studio Hawk. We got a lot of our strategic partners on board. You know, we did one on LinkedIn marketing. So whatever it was, we just did a different topic every week to try and educate people around what they can do in that particular niche mm. or vertical around marketing to help their business. Um, you and know, we're getting cream. we're getting thirty or forty people on those sessions, and you know, we're still running that at the moment. We're doing Q and A's now. Um, we've now created a, a product out of it, so we're selling that. Um, but you know, we're still opening it up the doors to whoever we can help. If they don't, if they're not a fit to GMS, we we put them into that group. But what I like too is that well, any business can 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 do that. And, and what yeah. you're actually doing is you're creating something more than just a transaction. You're creating yeah. a community. Yeah. So and, and all humans are in community. Your family's a community. Your friendships a community. You may have a network of business that says your business community. You may be a business person and be in a marketing community. You know, but communities are why people stay. They people, human beings are safer together. They're stronger together and safer together. They're looking for communities in the situations when that they need, whether that be business, whether that be marketing, whatever, mm. whatever it is, whether it be um, like uh, what are they? Alcohol's anonymous. You know, we're all alcoholics. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. You know, but you're you're looking for that community of people that are going through that are in the same situation. Yeah, before. We, and I think more businesses could make do what you're doing and make communities and mm. bring value for free. Through form of community, absolutely. And it, look, at the end of the day, it's um, you know, you, you're sort of doing it selflessly, but it, it's also a great marketing tool. Like we've built this community. Um, we know that people in that that sort of community, um, if they do want to work with us, they can. So it becomes a lead source too for your mm, business. Hundred percent. Um, so it's not it's not it's not um the fact that it's you're not going to get return out of it because you eventually will. It's creating brand recognition and and. And trust and value. Because if if you're already helping me and then I need that service, well, obviously I'm going to use you because you've been helping me for a year. Well, we almost have a contra deal, right? Like you help me so much and then we help you in return. And we've actually got other contra deals set up with um, trader services. And I think that's Mm -hmm. another cool thing to do. You know, if you're in a position where you can Mm -hmm. trade services for something else that helps your business or your clients, why Mm -hmm. not? And for all you annoying ass people who are going to be like, oh, can I have a contra deal with Cub? He pays his membership. It's not contra with his membership. He pays his membership. (laughs) I still pay. We have contra for for, for helping each other out. Um, um, I I do want to talk a bit more now about actual the the actual digital marketing. Yes. Actually digital marketing. Yeah. Now, a question I have is what makes something marketable online? 
Yeah. How, it's, it's, why is, when is, how do you know? It's a good question. And I think everything we've spoken about ties in, right? If you look at what makes a business tick, we mentioned having a point of difference. We mentioned having a niche, right? We mentioned understanding your customer, um, having the right building blocks in place. So if I get an application through, we ask those necessary questions around what's your, you know, what stage of business you're in, um, what are you currently doing right now, your service, your product, your website. Um, I can easily look at a website these days and know within five minutes whether that's something that we can market or not. Yep. Um, and I think, the, as I said, that the key fundamentals to, to make um, a, a fit um, to, to, I guess, market and advertise and start investing money in advertising, whether it's Facebook or Google, um, they need to have a point of difference in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, against their competitors. So what is their USP? Um, they need to have a niche. So they need to understand who their customer is and, and how to reach that customer. They need to have a proven offer. They can't just go, hey, book in for a call. What is their offer? Um, you know, you guys were doing free tours, getting people in, having a look at the clubhouse and then and then sort of taking through that sales process. So what we like to call a lead magnet or a trigger um, and, and understanding the nerve of that business. And then they need to have, you know, they need to be established enough to be able to convert the traffic or leads we give them. Mm. So for e-commerce, they need to have a website that's already you know, ticking along. It works. And it, it's working, it's right? It's not a piece of shit. Yeah, it it's, not, it's not like, hey, I slapped together a website or I'm on Amazon, can you help me? He's like, no. Um, you need to have a website that's it's got the data coming through that's already converting organically to then be able to go and start advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, it's going to take you a lot of time and you're going to waste a lot of money if you just build a website and start advertising. You need to get the, the traffic through to that website, right? And and so once the, those things are there, what are – what are things people should know about digital marketing? How should they mm. manage it? What should they look out for? How should what should their agencies be giving them on a daily, weekly, monthly, or whatever? Yeah, basis? I think transparency is key. We've mentioned that before as well. Um, and we've got custom dashboard reporting that we've we've just launched recently. So we send out reporting every week. Um, we jump on phone calls as so much as possible. It's a weekly possible. report. And weekly what's report. On, what's on that report? What's it measure? We look at um, so because we're direct response, right? Everything that we do, whether it's on Google, Pinterest, Facebook, programmatic, we can measure a dollar to a return so a kpi is either going to be a lead for a service-based business um, or an event registration um, or if you're e-commerce it's, it's a purchase so e-commerce is particularly more black and white you for every e-commerce brand we work with we know the return on ad spend which is ROAS, right so you know some some e-commerce brands we're getting 15 times return which means every dollar that they put into facebook or other platforms they're getting a 15 times return on investment so what so, the, it, so it, what mm. the business needs to be looking at is yeah what is so for every dollar i spend with this agency yep they need to be able to show how, a return how many dollars am i getting and if that agency so, can't track that for you they're doing something fundamentally wrong and and they track it in two forms you know, there's the cost per lead yep and then is your cost per Acquisition, acquisition, which is the sale. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah. So for, from a ser- service and e-commerce are different, right? Services, your the client has to get that lead and convert. So it's up to them with their sales process mm-hmm. and the sales team, right? Mm-hmm. Most marketing agencies will uh, work with you all the way up until the point where they've got that lead to call. So qualified leads, not just downloading a book and filter through your database. It's like getting an actual qualified call for that for that business, right? Um, and then from an e-commerce point of view, because again, there's no human element, we have to run ads to be able to get someone to purchase, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then retargeting to get them to retain that purchase because the touch points it takes online these days, I mean, it used to be around seven um, touch points to make a decision. Now it's like 20 plus. Is that right? So the, the saturation has caused us to be more banner blind, right? So we have to create many more ads for clients. It's becoming more complicated, which is then becomes more of a need for us to, to work with the business. Um, and the, the amount of retargeting we have to do to, to end up converting that client, the, the customer journey has become more elongated you because it's, it's, it's a lack of trust in the market. You mentioned something before. 
thought-provoking content. Yeah. Because there's one thing, have, if we need more touch points now with clients than we did before because of market saturation, yeah. perhaps, yeah, okay, more or better quality touch points. Yeah. And so how can you create a, the best quality touch point? How can it be thought-provoking or be really yeah. there? Your goal is to be remembered. That's it. Yeah, so think of it this way. And this is, this is what most marketing um, companies or even internal marketing teams will practice, right? It's called the funnel. So look at it like this at the top of the funnel. That's what it's called, top of mm -hmm. funnel. You're reaching out to your cold traffic, people that don't understand your business. And to do that, you create thought-provoking videos. So this could be a snippet of this podcast and we start promoting it for Cub going, you know, we're not just a clubhouse where we're a network, more than more than networking, whatever it is. Um, people then educate, they learn, they, you build the credibility in the process. Um, and then once they've watched that video or they've visited your website, you can retarget them with um, something we call middle of funnel, right? And that could be sending them a blog article or it could be sending them a book to download to, to learn further about that business, right? Um, that then gets them into your funnel, uh, into your system. You've got their data, you've got their information, but you're still not transacting the sale. So you're still building the trust along the way. And then finally at the bottom, it's the bottom of funnel, right? So once you've realized they've They've seen you online. They, they, you've got their information. You can then offer them a direct offer through because you, you, you can track them, right? So that can be, hey, you know, notice that you've watched this video. You've downloaded my book. How about you come in and look at the clubhouse and have a chat with us? And for us, it's about you know getting someone to apply. So you know, notice that you've watched our video, download book. Um, speak to us, and we can help you grow your business in the next ninety days. So you're not trying to sleep with them on the first date. Mm right? You're building the trust in the process online until you know that they're ready to, to speak with you because too many people just go out and um, try and, um, you know, get the lead and, and, and they're too sowsy. Yeah, they too come slimy. in too strong. Too it's, strong. Almost, it's almost like you come across needy. It's yeah. like you clearly Desperation. need Desperation. Yeah, you need It's like my, dating, you, you know. My, exactly if you're saying. too you desperate with too a girl, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah, not going to. Yeah, yuck, I don't want this guy. <laughs> Whereas if it's like, oh, listen, you keep there, keep going, keep eventually. Yes. Oh, it, it, actually, we had this conversation last night. And um, we're talking about what's anti-cub yeah. at cub. So I was asking the members yesterday, I said, what's anti-cub? Mm. And they said, anti-cub is when people come into cub and they try to sell. Yes. Right? That is yeah. the anti-cub. Yeah. And they, those people never stay because yeah. we don't renew them, but also because they don't want to renew most of the time because yeah. they, they didn't get what they're there for. Mm. All the members do business together. But if I come in and meet you, mm. we have, we're not friends, right? Mm. I just start trying to sell to you. Mm. First thing you can think is who's this desperate guy? Yeah, I'll be like, say so, yeah. Exactly. This yeah. is so desperate. I'll, yeah. I'm talking to Laura over there who has the same business. She's not trying to sell to me. Yeah. She's just a good person. We've got a relationship. When yeah. I need that service, boom, Laura's getting the business, not the desperate one that was trying to sell to me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think more people need to realize mm. – Selling too strong or selling before the relationship mm. makes you look desperate. Yes. Don't try to sell. You Just try bridges. to build a relationship. And yeah. if they trust you, believe me, if they need that service, they're going to you. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, it's like I've worked at companies when they do no marketing, it's just cold calling and um, they will probably burn through – 90 businesses to speak to 10 quality ones and they might end up getting a sale, but they've burnt so many along the way. Mm. So that's, again, comes back to being authentic and trust building. Um, same with sales. It's, it, marketing is sales, right? Marketing and sales need to connect. And Ari Galpa, another club member that I've, um, you know, I've seen his talks recently and he does trust-based selling. So how to deliver 
um, you know, value on the phone call to a prospect if you're selling a service without trying to give too much value away and causing friction in the process is exactly like how advertising works, right? Mm. You're creating value, but you're not trying to sell them over the top. Mm. Um, he's actually I, been on the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I saw. I think I did listen to that. Um, he, I think he's 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 amazing. The the fundamentals that he teaches well, so he, basic goes well, back to basics. Yeah, and he talks about what we're talking about now, not coming across desperate basically is his whole thing yes yeah, don't it. don't just try to push for the sale yeah it's more build that relationship follow them up uh, no he says don't use the word follow up. basically don't be desperate just trying to uh, calling you to get your feedback from our yeah. last conversation yeah. yeah no follow-up no no yeah. no you basically, know basically don't steps. be desperate yeah that's right yeah um, and and it just shows a, a strong healthy company yeah and i think that's like the way that we're going to be building jms is um Remaining the quality, we'll, 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 you know, we're, we're continuing to grow, as I said. What's record. next for you guys? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like we want to continue to grow and be the leading um, direct response advertising agency in Australia um, and even to be able to serve international clients, which we've already done so. Um, and I think like we, we don't want a huge book of clients. We want to be able to have quality and, and, and continue to have a small book. Why don't you drop some case studies on us that um, – they can give us examples of ways we could think about how to run ads yeah. ourselves. Yes, uh, case studies are super important. Again, a really key marketing tool for us to to promote ourselves. Um, I think like once lockdown happened, it really made us realize how important our service was mm -hmm. in a digital revolution that's happening right now, right? Um, a few case studies we've had recently, which is, I guess, makes sense now, but um, we, we were also a bit unsure of how things were going to go right when businesses and the economy were shutting down um the fact that we do work with predominantly online businesses has, has made us come out the other side stronger um you know at the moment we've been working for a couple of them, over two years now with an online furniture business um in the e-commerce space um they started off you know only getting around a five or six times return on investment through other suppliers and you know that's still okay um came to us and we started running some facebook ads and um we, we diversified and this is a really cool lesson for businesses, right? We, we don't try and rely on the one approach or the one funnel for a business. We try and de-risk that business as much as possible. Exactly like how we de-risk our business. We're not just Facebook advertising today where, you know, all social platforms, all search and display. So this business we took from Facebook advertising, we then go, hey, Pinterest could probably be a pretty good shot for you guys because Pinterest has the, the biggest usage of home improvement and decor um, sort of, uh, I guess, search terms, right? And started getting results on them. Um, then moved over to Snapchat, started getting results on Snapchat and then moved over to programmatic and, you know, that's banner advertising. So once you click on a product and it follows you across other websites um, and now we've got a, a multi-channel approach with that client. So number one, we've created stickiness. They're, they're going to be around for a while because it's not just Facebook ads. Um, we're diversifying their business. You know, if one platform tanks, we've got another one to rely on. Mm. Um, and we ended up tripling their, their return on investment up to 15 times. Mm -hmm. So, but what did you do different that the another agency would do? So what's the I, I think it's the how whole, are you selling the furniture? What's the what do the ads look yeah, like? Yeah, again, it, it, it comes down to scaling. I think it's easy. Anyone can create an ad, but to actually scale a campaign from you know two thousand dollar budget to twenty or thirty thousand budget, we're working with some companies that are spending quarter of a million a month on Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. So. The strategies, and this is this becomes quite complicated, but it actually is awesome for us because we can actually put our full skill set to to play. Right, um, we we talk about two forms of scaling. Number one is vertical scaling, so that's when you have a campaign that's working and you're just basically loading more budget on top, and that's what we're doing a lot with you guys. Mm -hmm. um, then we moved over to Melbourne with you guys, and then we you know could increase budget again. 
Um, so as soon as you sort of cap out on increasing budget on the same campaign, because there's only so many, so much you can spend on the one sort of campaign, right? You start going into what we call horizontal scaling. So that's when we start um, bringing in um, new campaigns, um, new new creatives. Because um, a campaign does plateau. It gets to it the does. point where it yeah, you have to you more have to, expensive per lead. You have to fuel the fire. It's almost yeah. like- um, Keep throwing logs in. Correct. It's mm. almost like a, a wood fire, right? Um, it's going to eventually go out. So you've got to keep refueling it with new wood. Um, and that's how face that's how advertising works in in a whole, right? Um, if you have the one creative and you're running that over and over again, it's gonna it's gonna get saturated. People will stop get sick of seeing it. Mm. Frequency is going to go up, and people will have banner blindness. They'll keep scrolling past it. So we we put more to the mix. We we um, diversified the portfolio. Um, we scaled horizontally as much as we can and vertically, um, and um, created the funnel approach with them too. So. We, we fueled the fire, more people going to the website, therefore we had more audiences to retarget, um, mm. to, to hit more. Um, you know, Once someone clicks on one product, we can follow them in different areas. So diversification and scaling is, is the most important thing that we do. And, and yeah, so but what do you mean by throwing more logs in the fire? So let's mm. say the campaigns come to a point, because sometimes when mm. campaigns start, they're amazing, it's awesome, it goes for three months and yep. then they kind of start going down and then they kind of hit the bottom of where they're going to go and they, they then just stay in that straight yeah, line. Yeah. How do you... What do you mean by horizontal? What yeah. are, what do the logs look like? What so we would have like uh, maybe a video asset, right? The mm-hmm. video can be showcasing some of the new products. So then there'll be a string of um, images, so static images. Um, does the message change? The message changes too. So split testing, um, we can split test in many ways. Number one, um, you can split test audiences. So that, that customer might have several different avatars and different demographics, right? Um, so we build up um, audience pools to do with that target market for you. You might have CEOs, business owners, Owners, you might have um, entrepreneurs um, in different industries, construction, marketing, whatever. So you've got lots of different audiences there that we can then scale campaigns across. So you can create ads more specific. To spe- so, for example, for us, yeah, we could be focusing on members in construction. Yeah. Are you the owner That's of it. your marketing message changes for that campaign? And then because yeah. it's more specific, they're more likely to That's see it. That's right. So that's horizontal scaling. You're, okay. you're that's what you mean by horizontal. Correct. Yeah. It's basically more specific. So you've got your demographic and yep. then you've got demographics within your demographic. That's it. And you're yeah. tagging those. Yeah. And then you go, okay, great. We've got that audience pool. Let's go over mm-hmm. to another one and create a whole nother creative piece to go at them. Mm-hmm. Then great. Let's go to the next one. Next one. Next and then one. a new campaign. That's right. Yeah. yeah. New campaigns. And because I really want to talk about this, mm. Bondi Rosé. <laughs> I think that is one – I can't tell you how much of a success I, I think that that's going to be. That's going to work. So I actually yeah. can't believe there is no company no, yeah, already it's, it's weird. called Bondi Rosé. Bondi There's a lot of Bondi – Sands products, right? Bondi, yeah, Bondi, Bondi Ten, um, Bondi Tea, Bondi Chai. Bondi Rosé. Yeah, so like that was. I, I remember walking down the street, and in our old office, um, we were neighbours to a gin company, and I remember seeing their billboard when I was living in Paddington. I saw the billboard and I'm like, oh, how cool would it be to have an alcohol brand? You know, like we're social. My family are in hospitality. Mm. My dad used to work in nightclubs. We've got pubs in Sydney. Um, My brother works with my family and it so happened that I've created the agency that I'm sort of doing my own thing. But I said, what what could be a cool product to do? And I go, let's let's start a whiskey label. And I called my brother. He called me back straight away. He's like, in. And then (laughs) I'm like, you know what? Whiskey's hard to sell. You got to, you know, it's a long process. We don't really know much about it, even though we like drinking it. Um, and then I go, what's what's easy to sell? What's something that people will drink a lot of? And rosé. Well, you know I'd be drinking it. Yeah, we drink rosé every Friday. Yeah, Cub, without a doubt. That's one of the reasons why I come to Cub every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, we sort of got talking and um, we're throwing around names and we're calling it sort of just personal 
joke names, you know, let's call it like bitch juice or, you know, this and that. It was just like funny bitch stuff. Juice. <laughs> other other like, names that I won't mention. Bitch juice. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds a horrible name for Rose. Thank God you did not call it. It was like it was just a funny joke right yeah. at the start, yeah. and then we're, yeah, we're calling it other names. I'm not going to mention. God, thank God uh, you came up with Bondo. <laughs> no. So this is another another cool story, right? Segway, it's segueing. I'm going to get there eventually. Saying <laughs> so Ali G would call his Rose. <laughs> It's like um, uh, the fat Jewish, right? In, yeah. the, in, he yeah. created Rose, and it was called. What um, was his called? Drink Bay. Is that what it Drink was called? Drink Bay, yeah. And he, he killed that it, guy's sold so it. And then um, uh, Post Malone's created another one recently. It's called Mason 9. Um, anyway, so there's all these rosé companies getting sold for crazy amounts of money. Um, I've, I've been taking up painting the past two years, right? So that's another one of my hobbies and I guess you know, channels my creativity. Yep. Um, been doing lots of pieces. And I painted, my first painting I did with that in that studio uh, a year and a half ago was um, Bondi. Um, yep. A picture of Bondi, right? Bondi Beach. It's so and Australia. Was, yeah, and I've just moved to Bondi too. And I'm yeah. not even, I'm from Cronulla. Um, and I was sitting in my office and it was during lockdown. And I'm like, I'm mm, just not settled on any of the names that we've thrown around. Um, and then I'm like, looked at the painting. I'm like, oh, Bondi Rosé. So I looked, went on GoDaddy. It's free, it bondirose.com. Oh and then I'm God. like, oh, you know, if we if we do other wines down the track, let's maybe Bondi Wines. So I looked it up, bondiwines.com, free too. No. And then .com.au for both of those two. So we've got Bondi Rosé, which is going to be our first launch of, French tasting rosé Australian made in Hunter Valley. Made by um, one of our members, Adele. Made by, yeah, or piggyback, so using her winemaker, um, but she's Sorry, helping yeah. through the whole process. Yeah. We're helping her um, brand as well, market when they're doing really well. Um, and uh, But we've got Bondi wine sitting there. So if we That's if it amazing. is successful, we want to do a Chardonnay or a Pinot or whatever else, Champagne, we've got Bondi wine. So there's the scalability with the product. And it's actually quite funny that it might just be timing, but, um, you know, again, mentioning Gary V. I hate to sort of mention him because he's such a, <laughs> a cliche name, but he's just sold his wine label, um, Empathy Wines, to Constellation, which is the biggest wine company in America. I don't know what the amount was, but, um, but there was it wasn't an article. Small. Yeah, it wouldn't have been small, but the, the article was basically um, there was a few stats in there. And since April 2020, um, direct-to-consumer wine has six times growth. Um, so the the industry now is booming. It's sort of at that like it was it was sort of plateauing, wow. and then since COVID, because people aren't going into stores as readily, and I think that's not just going to go back to how it was, you know, last year. We're going to continue to consume things online and buy things online, right? So this is what we're going to be doing with Bondo Rosé is direct-to-consumer. Can um, I invest? Affordable. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. Well, I honestly would because yeah. I just think I, I'm so pro that. Do you know what else I love is that your core, what you're good at is selling things online. Mm. You basically said, oh, I've got this idea. It's not anything new. I found a strategic partner who specializes That's in making strategic wine. Strategic partnerships. All I did is specialize in the branding of it. You niche the shit out of it, yep. made it Bondi, Rose. That is like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Conor McGregor is Irish. <laughs> yeah. This rosé is Proper from 12. Bondi. Yeah, yeah, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's yeah. a very, very specific. Like no one will forget that ever. Nah. I, I, so it, and this was a, <laughs> I'm not going to forget piss juice for a while. Maybe that can be the sister company. <laughs> I don't think that should be any company. <laughs> but, but Bondi rosé. And, and so basically you're only doing what you already know how to do. Yeah. 
and you've partnered with someone who knows best how to make wine. Mm. And so really you're not actually doing anything new. Nah. You're just doing something really, really We're clever. We're just reinventing, yeah, re, um, I guess, yeah, reinventing the wheel a little bit. But I think the, this is the one of the things that I've came up with a simple name. Um, there was a, we also had an, like a, a <laughs> number. You're still, still going back to bitch juice, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm going to get just a case bottle no, with that. I can picture you and your brother sitting there having a drink saying, God, actually that could work. <laughs> Uh, we're also going to call it ledge juice too. That was, yeah, that I remember was that. Name, no, yeah. We came up Five. with one when we were, we were at lunch at Manta with members. Remember yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. It? We, yeah, we what did. What was the name we had? Oh, we had? I can't remember. There's yeah. been a few bands. Well, obviously, it wasn't that good. But uh, the, the main thing, the moral of the story is that French, uh, rose, a lot of wine comes from France, right? And they're mm. called things like Chateau, Domaine, and yeah. whatever. You can't remember it. <laughs> and when we had um, the pub in um, in Woolloomooloo, the Frisco Hotel, mm. um, my brother, he's, he's he was he's got a, a good taste for wine, and um, we there was this one rose there, and I, I still can't remember the name. It had Domaine in the name mm. or something, but the bottle was shaped like this, right? It was sort of like curved, and I remember everybody used to love that. Rosé, and they'll come up to the counter and go, "Can I just get the rosé that's shaped like that?" Yeah, <laughs> how funny! And I'm like, well, "No one's going to not know, remember Bondo." Yeah, so Bondo rosé, if it, you know, please let me invest. Hopefully, it tastes well, um, good, and, and, and we'll know good. very soon. We, we're using one of the most reputable winemakers in Hunter Valley, so no mm. doubt it will. Mm. Um, and I've tasted the the um, the wine before it's been consumer ready. Um, so yeah, we're really excited, but yeah, it's going to be again a fun brand for us to do, and we mm. can leverage my, my our, our marketing agency to push it direct yeah. to consumer. Get a Shopify site. We've got the bottle there, the brands there. Off Boom. You go. I love it. Honestly, Done. I will back the shit out of that if Done. you let me. Yeah, I really would because I cannot see that failing. No. If I saw a company was like, I put in fifty grand, hundred grand. Yeah. I would do that with Bondi Rosé. Absolutely. And, and it's really, not, it's really, not really cost us much to do the first job. We're getting a pallet. It's about 1,000 litres. Um, it's cost us under 10 grand to do the whole thing. Right? I reckon you could just sell it to the members of the club to start. Oh, why? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, strategic partnerships. That's it again. Mm. But, yeah, we'll do a big launch party. Um, we're just going to be giving a lot of it out initially to influencers, friends and family yeah. to promote um, because that's going to be our, our marketing tool initially is our network. Uh, again, network is your net worth. 100%. Um, just before we wrap up, mm. do you want to maybe share a couple um, of your favorite books uh, yeah. with the listeners? Um, and then after that, potentially even uh, one key lesson that you think you should share with everyone? Totally. Um, I think uh, favorite books, I know you've been reading this as well, Good to Great. Yeah, Jim and Collins. Remember, the yeah, Jim Collins. It's an old book too, but the principles still very much apply even mm. during today's economy. Um, my One of my old bosses, my first boss in marketing actually, um, he, he was reading it and he used to uh, use a lot of the principles for the company. I remember just resonating a lot with it. Um, Pitch Anything is another good one, how to how to sell and they sort of go into like your, your crocodile brain, you know, how, you naturally subconsciously talk about things in your pitch that, you know, you need to consciously escape from. Um, there's a lot of other principles in there. The, 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 the main principle in the Good to Great book is the hedgehog concept. And that's, again, going down to like what can you be the best at? In the um, world. What, yeah, in the world. Right, that's um, what, what can what's my your, business be the best at? What's your economic world? driver um, and what drives you to do that too? So what, what, how do you measure it? Um, uh, how can you be the best in the world at something? And then what are you passionate about? Mm. So those three elements, the hedgehog concept, because the hedgehog concept is essentially that the hedgehogs created a natural um, – 
I guess, protection against foxes, right? So it's the best at doing that in, mm. in its sort of format. So that's how that name sort of got spun. Um, and then I think like the biggest principle that I've learned is, you know, I'm, I am, I consider myself to be a bit of a perfectionist and a lot of people will call me that when they look at, you know, you're, you're, you're very here. tidy in your, how you pr present cub and, you know, your living space and I'm the same as well, but I much prefer in business just to get shit done and then perfect it later. If you yeah. try and perfect something in business and work on it for too long, you're missing the boat and you're never going to get anywhere. So get shit done, perfect it later. Perfectionism is the enemy of progress. I fully agree. And if you don't start, it shoot and then aim after because yeah. if you don't start, you got nothing to fix it. You, it's never going to happen. Yeah. You just got to go do it. Yeah, that's it. Love that. And I really love the thought of thinking, sitting there, thinking about your business. What is the thing we can, what can my business, what is, what are we the best at in the world? Yeah. And because that will force you to go really niche yes. in your market and in your service. And yeah. then from there you can expand just like you've done. Yeah. Have one product or service. Done. Mm. Um, you're a legend. Mate, Thank you, you so are much. too. Love ya. Love you too, bro. Can't wait and to be drinking Bondi Rose oh, on we the will beach. Be, we will be sitting on the balcony <laughs> even here. On the balcony everywhere. Doing our sessions, having it. Um, to all the listeners, actually, if you do want to um, get in contact with Blake or, or find out more, what's the website? Yeah, so if you want to learn more about me, uh, I've also got the book that you can download for free, Instant Leads and Traffic. Uh, it's blakemacola.com slash book or blakemacola.com. And if you want to learn more about our agency and get in touch with us, it's uh, growthmarketingsystems.com. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. See you guys.